Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome back to episode 13. I hope you're having a good week. Um, It's been a bit of an odd one for me. My son's been off school, Um, he's been ill for the last couple of days and I've had to take it easy on the work front but actually it's been quite nice to um, just take a bit of a break actually um, and not rush things. So in this week's episode, I chat to Josephine Brooks, who is a productivity mentor for Side Hustlers. Um, I really enjoyed my chat with Josephine and we talked about ways in which you can prioritise your workload, especially when you're side hustling and juggling two jobs, looking after yourself and taking time out, Josephine's 12-week plan and the benefits of batching. Hi Josephine, how are you? Hi Anna, I'm good thank you. Yeah, not too bad, how are you? I'm good thanks, thank you so much for coming on. Not at all. I'm really excited to to chat through everything and yeah, looking forward to it. Perfect. So um, for those who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do now? Yeah, sure. So I'm Josephine and in short, I help side hustlers make a plan that's going to take their business to the next level and then help them make that plan happen. So that's the kind of in a nutshell version. But um so I've developed a three-step planning method, which I used to grow my own side hustle. Um, so now I kind of share that with other side hustlers and help them, yeah, create a really solid plan. I think Kate Ferris in an earlier episode of your podcast mentioned that planning is quite an individual thing, which I couldn't agree with more, but this plan's really flexible. So I kind of help people use it in a way that best helps them and then yeah, I help them kind of boost their productivity, create a routine that works for them, help them write better to-do lists and all that kind of stuff so that they can, yeah, hopefully get where they want to be with their side hustle. So, but yeah, ultimately what I'm passionate about is helping people create the lifestyle that they crave by growing their business into something that can support them. Because for me, I'm very much like a home bod. I love being at home in the countryside having the freedom to just go walk my dogs in the middle of the day or whatever um, and having the freedom to do the work that I love and I yeah I just want to kind of help others be able to do that too. Mm, that sounds really exciting it's funny you mentioned that you kind of like to like being at home but mm. I'm also very much in that camp. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of the time when people find out that you work from home they're like oh like how do you motivate yourself to work and mm. stuff but actually I've never I personally have never had that issue because I knew there was work to be done so you just kind of get on with it I think and also it's just quite nice being at home and being really comfortable uh, whilst you're working. Um, Yeah definitely and if you're an introvert like I'm very introverted I love being by myself and you know not having the distractions of kind of being in an office or whatever um, I definitely do better work when I'm at home. (laughs) because I'm more focused so. yeah yeah well that's the thing yeah and you can choose how you structure your day and all these things so yeah. obviously I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of come on to that later on anyway um so when did you first start your business and what did that look like to begin with yeah so it's definitely been a bit of a winding path mm-hmm. um so yeah I think even since I started work so after I left uni I always had some kind of side thing on the go um 
yeah it's kind of been always been fueled by not having that creative outlet at work I think and I've always had to find a way of being creative um because I've always been office job office based in my job so I think for a lot of office jobs you kind of lack that creativity yeah absolutely yeah so yeah so I started with millinery so hat making just because I was finding that lots of my friends were getting married and I was going to weddings and you know all those fun social things that you do when you're you know just left uni and god the thought of it now just exhausts me just thinking about it but um yeah I found that I needed or like I wanted to wear nice hats at people's weddings and stuff so I started making hats and that kind of evolved into DIY blogging and I used to blog a lot about like craft tutorials and stuff like that and I really enjoyed doing that and actually it did really well but what what I realized after a couple of years of doing that was that I just loved sewing that's what I really liked to do and so that kind of then evolved into a home decor business, which I had up until the end of last year. Um, so that was obviously very much sewing based. And I had um, particularly a line of cushions that just did really well. Um, so, yeah, the Etsy shop's still there, just sort of ticking along. But I had a bit of a light bulb moment on New Year's Eve last year when I was kind of planning for the next year and I was kind of sat by my fire just surrounded by all these bits of paper, coloured pens, like had my laptop open with loads of charts on it of what my best sellers were and all this kind of stuff. And I just realised that actually what I really love doing is the planning and the kind of analysing where I can be doing things better and finding how I can be more productive. So yeah it just came as a bit of a light bulb moment really this kind of planning and productivity thing um and then I spoke to some other small business owners about you know I've got a few friends who are side hustlers or business owners and um I spoke to them about planning and I was really surprised to hear that they hated it and they didn't know where to start and they wanted some help with it and that kind of made me realize like oh I I enjoy this because I find it easy and it comes really naturally to me, but Mm. it doesn't come easily to everyone, which I think is so true for a lot of people in that your um, kind of special skills or those things that you do really well come so naturally and easily that you don't realise they're your kind of skills. Yeah, definitely. So you don't even think about the fact that other people may struggle with it because it comes so, so freely to you. Exactly, yeah. Um, And I don't know why it took me so long to work this out because I'm a project manager in my job. So I'd already been through this at work. So I started off in kind of account management and stuff and then moved over to project management. So I'd already kind of had that realisation. I love planning and productivity in my job, but it just hadn't translated to life, really, I suppose. So... And so you mentioned that you're a project manager. So are you still working full time or is it part time? I'm working part-time at the moment and then I work from home quite a bit too which really saves me a lot of time and so yeah I'm just in that stepping stone phase at the moment um before taking my side hustle full-time which I'm really hoping to do in January next year so yeah it's a bit of a stepping stone moment but yeah I'm working four days a week so it's still very much trying to find those windows of time that I've got. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I very much remember what it was like. Um, I only went full time with my photography business um, mm. this April of, of yeah. 2018. And yeah, it was before that, it was tough. Mm. <laughs> um, like last summer, for example, I worked, I was still working full time. And um, 
yeah, I, I think I photographed around 20 weddings that year. Um, and wow. It, it, it was, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you know it the does. amount of work that, that kind of, that yeah. goes into it and kind of in the behind the scenes mm. is, um, yeah, it, it was, it took a lot of just... Yeah, I mean, that's draft. half your weekends for a year, isn't it? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> weekends and then obviously it was all the um yeah. evenings that I spent editing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. blogging all the weddings to market myself and all these things that I did in order to then be able to go full time and make sure I had enough bookings in I suppose mm. um yeah. so yeah I can completely um appreciate how much work goes into it mm. so so that's one of your goals um for this coming year for 2019 is it yeah it is so I'm because I'm a project manager I do tend to work on contract basis so my current project ends at the I think it's mid-January so yeah that's my goal yeah that's and I'm so kind exciting. of it's exciting but terrifying at the same time oh so. yeah I totally relate to that as well that was exactly mm. how I felt and I think a lot of people re- will relate uh, is that mm. um taking that leap is massively scary and I think mm. we underestimate sometimes how scary can feel to Mm. begin with once you've made the leap though it's kind of like okay I've done it I just need to hit the ground running and and take it where it needs to go I know you're you're the one asking the questions here but um I'm just really interested to know how you found taking the leap was it like how how did it how did it go (laughs) well so I I knew that that was what I wanted to do for at least a year um, yeah. So I had about a year of really preparing for it, mm-hmm. um, and even in the last few months of like before I I made made the jump, I was still questioning whether it was the right choice. Actually, mm. I was I think self doubt had a lot um, to do mm. with it. Um, but so I had about a year, and because I work in the wedding industry, um, the good thing about that is is that my bookings are often a year in uh, advance. Yeah. So I knew, so I, I was ready to make the jump and I knew that I had enough bookings for the year ahead to mm-hmm. then um, essentially replace my old salary, um, which is what I needed to happen because um, I'm not sure whether you know, but I've, I've got a, a son as well. So mm. I need to make sure that I'm financially yeah. able to support my family, essentially. So that was one of the big factors. So I needed to make sure that I was ready. Um, but I know that a lot of people aren't in that position. They may have savings and may not mm. have kids that they need to um, support. So yeah. they, they may be in a bit more of a, um, I don't know, free kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I guess when you, when you have kids, you have, you know, you really do feel that extra level of responsibility, I guess. And it's a bit more of a, I can totally understand why that would be a bit more of a scary jump. <laughs> I, I suppose so, yeah, because you, you do kind of, you need to really assess whether you can make it work financially because, you know, you, when you do have kids, you've got to obviously consider childcare and all these different things. So yeah. say if the side hustle or, you know, full-time then job didn't work out, are you then looking to um, get back into a normal mm-hmm. employment and... Will that fit in with the hours that you need? So there's there's lots of things to consider, but um, overall, though, it's it's the best decision I think that I've made yeah. in, in my career so far. So um, yes, <laughs> so that that's kind of it in a nutshell, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I love just hearing stories from. I guess the more stories we hear of people taking the leap and how they've sort of done it successfully, kind of 
yeah certainly for me makes me feel like okay come on let's do it <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely and I think yeah that that's the thing it's it there there is a, a fear factor associated with it but it is so rewarding mm. working for yourself is so rewarding and I I, I never had the drive and the motivation uh, in my normal job mm-hmm. than I do yeah. now it it was it's just you can't really compare it I don't know yeah uh, I don't know whether I mean it's it's difficult perhaps if you love your job that you, you're doing now it might be mm. different but I my heart wasn't in it so yeah it's just one yeah. of those things yeah yeah so I know that obviously side hustling can be extremely hard to manage um especially if the side hustle is actually thriving and growing mm-hmm. uh, and the demand is there so you kind of you're essentially at times you might be juggling two yeah pretty much full-time jobs I would say yeah. um so how can people um effectively manage their time when when they do have essentially two full-time jobs yeah so it can be really stressful um Christmas last year was really crazy for me because I was just constantly making and shipping products from my home decor business but obviously and actually at that stage I was still working full-time so yeah and one of the things is to be really prepared ahead of time so I do think you need to be quite organized whether that's so I was obviously making then so I had products made up you know sort of in bulk waiting to go out I wasn't making as I had orders in although I guess the closer I got to Christmas the bit (laughs) it got a bit more manic um but also now in terms of being organized I try to have my content scheduled ahead of time and all that kind of stuff um have podcasts recorded ahead of time because the closer I get to a deadline where something needs to go live and I haven't done it yet the more stressed I get um but yeah, I'd say there's three things that can really help with this. So using your lunch break, I think for most people, you don't actually get paid for your lunch break. And I don't think a lot of people realise that. Um, but yeah, it's worth checking out your contract anyway. But there's usually like an hour or half an hour in the day when you're you know, on paper, you're not really being paid. So I use this a lot to go to the post office to ship out products. Um, I also one month got really kind of on it with my Pinterest boards and so I spent like all of my lunch breaks one month just pinning images and working on building up my Pinterest um because that's been a great traffic driver to my website um engaging on social media just using that time to just get little bits done because then if you don't have time in the evening to do anything you can still kind of feel like you've made steps to you've worked on your business that day yeah so you're chipping Um, chipping away a little bit exactly one step at a time yeah yeah definitely and something I heard I think someone mentioned is that obviously particularly for those who are juggling two jobs Mm. just making those little steps each day will get yeah. you closer to your kind of goal um, rather than being too overwhelmed by it all. And I suppose a lot of the time you can shut down and not actually do anything mm. because it just feels too overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is those little steps that really add up every day. Um, and yeah, I think setting boundaries is another one. So Things like leaving work on time can sometimes be really difficult for people. I know in some jobs jobs I've had, 
like if you you know have the audacity to leave on time you get some funny looks and some you know comments and things that but you just and I know it's really hard to just kind of ignore them but setting boundaries is a huge one because I guess it's just working out where your priorities are if your side hustle is really your priority and that's what ultimately you want to be your full-time thing um yeah leaving work on time is a big one just to give yourself more time in the evening whether that's just to have an evening off and properly recharge or whether it's to work on your business I think that's really um important and also just being choosy about what social stuff you do because I think if you do want to get serious about growing your side hustle you do have to make sacrifices I think um I being a massive introvert have a huge thing against after work drinks I just I just I just don't enjoy them (laughs) I'm sorry I know that's not um the kind of the thing to say but yeah so things like after work drinks and social stuff that I wasn't excited about um I think saying no to that kind of stuff and saying no when you're asked rather than flaking out at the last minute can really help free up time make you feel less guilty as well I guess 100 yeah because yeah. that that's another thing that I think people face is having to say no to these social events but Mm -hmm. in reality like you say if that if the side hustle is your priority Mm -hmm. then something's got to give and you've got to compromise somewhere yeah you're exactly right something has has got to give because unfortunately we can't make more time so so yeah I think it's probably easier if you if you're an introvert like me um and it sounds like you might be as well if you enjoy working from home and working by yourself so I think that helps but yeah the reality of it is you probably need to start saying no to some stuff Um, and then yeah my final point was about creating a routine really and I know a lot of people are kind of um, some people are very anti-routines and they like to be quite fluid in how they choose what to do each day but a routine doesn't have to be like a minute by minute account it can literally just be okay Monday evenings and Tuesday evenings are for my business and that's that's it but I think just having a basic routine really helps to save mental energy and also once you get into a routine of doing things it's so much easier to to make a start with doing something than if you think you get to Thursday and you're like oh I haven't done anything yet I really need to spend this evening writing a blog post or whatever so yeah routine a flexible routine is really helpful as well. I think that's a really good point actually because if you were to say you'd work Monday and Tuesday evenings then you can look forward to the Wednesday Mm. Thursday Friday that you haven't got to work on your business and actually it's almost like a little reward um Mm. having that free time and knowing that you've done the work already yeah definitely and the free time is really important um I don't know what your experience is but I like you were saying earlier I don't struggle to motivate myself because I'm kind of just a bit obsessed with my business (laughs) and so actually I struggle to make time for myself just to switch off and I'm exactly the same yeah yeah Yeah, it's funny isn't it it Um, is because you do become kind of just yeah like you say obsessed and you know totally consumed by it because mm. it is your absolute passion so yeah it's very easily you know you can very easily get very attached to it and I think so there's got to be some boundaries there too I think Mm, yeah you're right yeah I think it's um it's very easy to throw yourself all in and I think last year when I was still working full-time and and shooting those 20 weddings yeah there was a point at which I was very I felt I was close to burnout I think and Mm -hmm. I'd just kind of had enough because 
yeah I was working kind of all hours of the day um Mm -hmm. and there was very little time off actually so it is very important to actually when you as much as you feel like you don't have the time to make the time but you you that's Mm -hmm. exactly when you need to take that time off I think because it it just builds and builds and you're going to get to a point at which you're just too tired you're burnt out and you're not going to be able to do the work at all um which obviously Mm. isn't going to be helpful to anyone so yeah definitely it's kind of a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain kind of thing isn't it yeah but I wouldn't even call it a sacrifice no (laughs) (laughs) it's really just looking Mm. after yourself and I think I see it quite often and I'm still very much the same that I really need to make myself have time off um but I, I, I can see it quite often with people on social media in particular you can tell when someone is working a lot and obviously it's not your place to say anything um Mm -hmm. but it but I think it's it's just kind of a warning to everyone in the sense that we really need to look after ourselves and and give ourselves some space I guess to just to be and enjoy Mm -hmm. life outside of work as well yeah definitely and um, I definitely learned that lesson the hard way I think this summer when I started kind of suffering from anxiety and, and panic attacks a lot and I kind of had to take a step back and yeah give myself a lot more time just to just to relax and it made me realize how bad I am at just doing nothing mm. um but interesting what I found was that because I was I was kind of almost forced to really spend more time um, just relaxing and not doing any kind of work or business stuff because I just had less energy. But I just found that that made me focus on the stuff that was really impactful and really important in my business. And so I don't think by taking more time out just to, you know, for me time, I don't think it's really negatively impacted on anything in my business. It's just really forced me to focus on what's important it's made you prioritize right Mm, totally yeah yeah. so what would you say I suppose it would differ for every business with with regards to prioritizing but how can we list the things that we need to be doing and look at them and analyze what is a priority and what can actually wait until a little bit later on when I've got more time or when I'm feeling Mm. a little bit better Yeah, so I think my favourite thing to do with this is to look at your list. And this is where you really need to engage your gut instinct because your gut instinct never lies. Mm. It's such a useful tool. But look at your list and actually ask yourself, is everything on that list essential? Because I think we can, particularly if we get into just the routine of doing something, we can do something that's not really having a lot of impact on our business. So... I kind of looked at my stats and I'd been pushing myself to do Facebook, Instagram. I mean, I really failed at doing Twitter, but I was pushing myself to do all these different things. And I realized that Facebook really wasn't doing an awful lot for my business. It wasn't driving a lot of traffic. I was really struggling to get exposure on Facebook. And I just decided, actually, I'm just going to put my effort into Instagram and take Facebook off the list. Um... Another thing that can help is to look at your your um, kind of tasks and see how you can streamline them. So I have been blogging once a week and I just I really struggle with writing. It's just not my forte. And so I've decided to start doing video instead, which takes a fraction of the time it takes me to do 
a written blog post. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think that would necessarily be the case for everyone, but I just really struggle with writing. Um, so, yeah, I found doing video just saves me loads of time. So, yeah, in terms of prioritising, I think the first thing to do is to actually take some stuff off your list because there's probably some stuff on there that doesn't really need to be done. Um, and the next thing is to... Yeah, really engage your gut instinct and say, what's going to have the biggest impact here? Um, and a question I quite like, I think there's a book called The One Thing. Um, but in that book, it says to ask yourself, what's the one thing I can do today that will have the biggest impact on my business? And it's, I think when you really listen to your gut instinct, you do know what's going to have the biggest impact on your to-do list. But um, I think we just always feel like we should be doing all the things. Um because we are made to feel that way by yeah. all the... So, I mean, I'm a huge advocate, I don't know, <laughs> mm-hmm. of um, making the most of the free resources that are available online. So mm-hmm. you end up signing up to a lot of newsletters to receive mm-hmm. those resources. In doing that, although as useful as they are, in doing that, you end up getting a lot of opinions and you end up getting mm-hmm. all these different people telling you all these different things that you should be doing. Mm. And then that leads to then you feeling like, well, actually, I need to be on Twitter because people are saying this is the place to be. Um, yeah. And like for me, I've I've never I've never quite got the hang of Twitter, and I don't even so at this stage in my business, uh, is it really necessary? Yeah, probably not. I'm probably I'll probably end up wasting my energy on there. Mm. Um, so like you say, it is about just making sure that you pick the tasks that actually have the biggest impact on your business. So for example. Instagram is the biggest driver for me mm-hmm. when it comes to inquiries for wedding photography. Um, so that is where I'll be, you know, yeah. putting most of my effort in because the return is the greatest, I guess. So, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I guess in a, in a bigger picture way, I have got my 12-week plan, which is on my wall. I'm just looking at it now. And that kind of breaks down all the stuff I need to be doing each week. And so that helps me prioritise focusing on the things on my plan rather than getting sidetracked by all those shoulds and by all those different voices that pop up saying, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Um, So I think having a plan does help to keep me really focused, definitely. So you you mentioned a 12-week plan. So how far in advance do you plan that? And do you kind of stick to it religiously? So I don't plan it that far in advance. I So basically it works out as a quarterly plan um which is kind of long enough ahead you know enough time to get some really big stuff done but also not so far ahead that it feels overwhelming because I think planning for for a year is really tricky because so many things change and it feels really overwhelming so I agree Mm. I just plan like the first week of each quarter I will make my plan that week and have a bit of a planning week which for me being a massive geek about planning is like my favorite week (laughs) um and then it works for the following 12 weeks so yeah I don't do it massively in advance um and yeah as I say I stick it up on my wall so that I can see it every day because I think that's kind of the most effective way to plan really rather than planning something out in a notebook and then sort of putting it back in drawer um but yeah it is really flexible because the reality is that especially when you're side hustling you have some weeks when you're just really busy at work and you don't get stuff done so I cross stuff out as I go but yeah I mean I'm just looking at it now there's definitely some stuff from 
the second week, the third week that I haven't done. I'm on the fourth week now. Um, and I just shift them, shift them on or again, look at them and say, okay, how important is that now? Um, can I just not do it at all? Or what I have on there is like an ideas waiting list for next quarter. Um, so if I push something back to the next 12 week plan, I just kind of write it in that box. And I think, I quite often get ideas that I immediately want to jump on like, oh yeah, this is a great idea. I'm going to start it now. But that's what that kind of waiting list is for. So I put anything new that pops up in there so that I'm not overloading myself. Mm. Um, yeah, because the temptation is just to just crack on now. Or if it's an idea I really do want to make a start on, I'll you know, take something else off my 12-week plan and, and push that back to next the next quarter. So it is really flexible. Um, but essentially, it's sort of 12 boxes. And then I have three goals for the 12 weeks. And each of those three goals is broken down into the little tiny steps that we mentioned earlier, that build up to achieving those goals each week. So in each week, I've just got those little milestones, those little day by day actions that I can do that will add up to achieving that goal at the end. So it is very much I do try to be really realistic with it in terms of what I can achieve in a week um and yeah I think with planning if you feel like your plan's not overly ambitious that's probably a good thing because the reality is things always for me anyway things generally take longer than I think they're going to yeah no definitely yeah I think it's easy to underestimate and I think if you work on anything that's technology based sometimes Mm. it just doesn't want to help you and I've, I've had many times where I was working on something in particular and the computer that day was being outrageously slow and it took me twice as long as I thought it would so yeah you've got to you've got to give yourself a little bit of room to breathe mm. as well I think yeah definitely especially with anything technology based yeah like in the <laughs> summer I challenged myself to I thought I was going to, I moved my website over from WordPress to Squarespace and I thought it would take me a couple of weeks and it took so much longer. And that was um, an example of where I had this amazing idea and I didn't wait to do it. I just cracked on with it straight away and it just kind of threw everything up in the air a little bit and just took way longer than I I thought. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I've, I've, <laughs> I've been there. I um, I had, I built a WordPress um, website Mm. And I bought a template, uh, but when I installed it, nothing looked like it was meant to. And it took me, I think, two full days of trying to rectify it and uh-huh. panicking. And and it was, yeah, it was a real mess. So it was, yeah, that added on a quite a lot of time that I yeah. wasn't, I didn't need to be spending on that. So yeah, you've definitely got to prepare for, for those kind of unforeseen circumstances, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you've mentioned, obviously, that you batch some of the content that you create. So tell us a little bit about that and how can this improve our productivity and essentially save time in the long run? Yeah, batching is a massive time saver. Um, Yeah, I'm a big advocate of batching. Um, So I'll give a couple of examples for two different types of businesses. So in my home decor business, I was obviously, the bulk of my work was around making, whereas now the bulk of my work is around content and kind of computer-based stuff. So in my home decor business, I had a line of cushions that were really popular. And so I would 
get all of the materials I needed and then I would spend like a couple of hours cutting out the material for 20 cushions and then I would overlock parts of the fabric for all of those 20 cushions and then I would attach 20 zips and then I would attach the front to the back for all 20 cushions and then I'd overlock all 20 cushions and iron them or whatever just in steps like that rather than doing cutting one, out one yeah, and then at, yeah. yeah at a time exactly because even just things like so for different tasks in that list of things I had to do, I'd have to change like my sewing machine foot. So I might have to change the color of my thread. Just it would save changing that over each time I made a cushion. And it, it just saves so much time to batch stuff together like that. Um, and, and then in my business now, the big thing I batch is content. So I will write or now record um, four of my blog posts in one day so that I can and just schedule them ahead of time. So I've got a month's worth of blog posts created in one day. Um, and then another day a month, I will um, edit all of my podcasts for the next month. Um, another day of the month, I will do all of my outreach work. Um, and I also like to spend a day taking photos and writing up my social captions, so my Instagram captions, in one day, even though my captions will flex and they will change depending on what's going on I then know that I've got like a month's worth of captions written out that I can fall back on if I need to or that I can just tweak um because I hate coming to a day and thinking right I need to post something I haven't posted in a while what am I going to talk about well I don't know and posting something rubbish um so yeah I tend to batch all of those tasks together um so as I mentioned I'm working four days a week so I've got one day to work on my business a week that's a proper like business day when I know no one's gonna distract me um so yeah one day a month I'll do blog posts the next Friday I'll do podcasts the next Friday I'll do a load of photo taking and social post writing and again that just saves time because especially with photos I only have to get all my stuff out you know, once a month, and then I get a month's worth of photos. But it's the same with like mentally making the switch between jobs can be quite draining. So if I just spend a day editing podcasts, I don't have to keep keep kind of mentally switching into okay, mm. now I'm going to write this, and now I'm going to take a photo. And you're yeah, very it's... focused in that, and and mm-hmm. particularly for things like taking photos, for example, you're very focused. You're switched on. You know exactly what you're doing that day. Mm-hmm. So I suppose, it would, like you say, it would it'd save a massive amount of because I think, like you say, if you were to switch from one task to the next, you're probably wasting a lot of time procrastinating somewhere in the middle as well mm-hmm. because you kind of it takes a while to get in the flow of something again I think so yeah yeah but it the whole um idea of batching is really fascinating to me because mm-hmm. I don't batch anything mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. moment um I know that's something that Kate Ferris has mentioned and um well I've, I've heard a lot of t- people talk mm. about it and it's and it's something that I am yet to introduce into my business but something that I'm really keen to do because um it well it, it sounds like it would save a hell of a lot of time basically so yeah 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 so- and I just speaking of um just thinking about editing photos I try to so editing photos is something 
that I can do like in front of the TV. I don't need, whereas to write a blog post, I really need to be in a quiet, focused place. So I like to save things like editing photos, editing podcasts for days when I'm going to just sit on the sofa and kind of take it easy. So that's another quite nice way of batching stuff between what you can do on the sofa in front of the TV and what you really need that focused, quiet time for. And that could be a different way of doing it rather than... um, like Friday I'm going to do this and Thursday I'm going to do that yeah no definitely I'm really interested to hear with regards to your Instagram obviously you've mentioned you batch your photos Mm. and everything um how many times a week do you post so my intention (laughs) is to post four times a week yeah um, so I generally have a podcast out on a Monday and then I have a blog post out on a Wednesday. Um, so I like to mix it up with, I tend to post about my podcast on Monday and then some sort of just general personal kind of post on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I'll post about my blog post on Thursday. And then I do tend to post on Sunday nights because I, I do, yeah Sunday night's my favorite I love engaging with people on Sunday evening I feel like everyone's on Instagram just kind of sat on the sofa chilling out before yeah, the week ahead Sunday's and it, really... I just have the best conversations sorry yeah I interrupted you uh, Sunday's really mm-hmm. a good time for engagement mm. actually I find yeah. as well so yeah no you're very right I think everyone is kind of just a lot more relaxed they have a bit more time mm-hmm. on their hands so yeah they're, they're more prone to kind of be on Instagram a little bit more I guess too yeah definitely it's definitely when I get my best um engagement on Instagram um, and also I just want to mention that I'm not perfect and I don't always get this batching thing down so it's just something that helps to keep me organized as a side hustler I think it it can get really stressful when like this week for example I know I haven't edited my podcast for Monday yet it's all recorded but I haven't edited it and mm. because I haven't kept up to date with all of that batching it does get more stressful. So batching is another way of just keeping things a bit less stressful and a bit more organised. But yeah, I totally get that it's, you know, it's not always 100% possible. Life happens and gets in the way sometimes. So No, absolutely. And I think that's definitely something that we all need to remember. But Mm. I think it's a good kind of plan to stick to if you can. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of the tools or apps that you use to manage your time effectively? Aside from things like obviously batching and stuff, but any particular apps maybe that you use? So I, I'm quite, uh, I'm quite a loser with my phone. I like to keep it super organized. I've just got one screen, uh, one sort of half a screen actually of apps. And I do try to I'm not a big app user, if I'm honest, but I love Google Docs. Um, that's where I put a lot of my Instagram captions when I plan them out. And then I can just access them from my phone and copy and paste them and just find a picture that I want to post for that day. That's such a good idea, actually. I've never mm. thought of that because I, I tend to use notes. If I write something, mm. I, I use notes on my phone. But actually, Google Docs makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, yeah, it completely depends what you're doing because... Um, yeah, I do find for those Instagram captions, it's really useful because it kind of, you can block, you can kind of create a bit of a calendar in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do use my notes as well a lot. The thing I love about both of those things is that I can type into it on my phone or on my laptop. Um, say I'm out and about and I have an idea when I'm in the post office queue, I'll just put it in my Google Docs or put it in my phone notes and I get back to my laptop and it's there. Um, that's what I love about it because 
I think otherwise I'd lose those ideas. And I quite often get inspiration for a blog post or something I want to talk about in my stories or something. And I just make a quick note of it in my notes. And then when I get back to my laptop, I can put it into my content calendar or whatever. But yeah, I love those tools. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, a, I'm a huge fan of Google Docs. And for those who don't know, you can actually get the app on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's essentially just a normal spreadsheet. And it's really, really useful. And I used to use it for my, um, so it was a big part of my booking system mm-hmm. to begin yeah. with when before I um, kind of took the plunge and actually got a, mm-hmm. a, a CRM system in place. Um, yeah, I yeah. massively relied on spreadsheets and stuff, and it was massively helpful. Yeah, I think they're they're brilliant, and I really like the Google Calendar as well. Just anything where, I mean, especially when you're side hustling and you have an idea when you're at work, you can just quickly go into your Google Docs, dump that idea in there, and then you can kind of feel like, okay, I've got that down, that's fine, I can push that off my mind for now and pick it up later on. Um, it's brilliant for that. Um, so those are probably kind of... Let me have a quick look, actually, because I do definitely use some other tools. Um, I use Plan for my Instagram, so P-L-A-N-N, and I just dump all the pictures in there that I take. Um, and do you, so that so I, do you schedule through the app? I actually don't. Um, yeah. I do it in a bit of a roundabout way. So I put my captions into Google Docs in a bit of a calendar layout, but then I just dump my pictures into this app called Plan. Um and then I just pick which picture I want to post that day. I've got my caption done and I don't necessarily need the picture to relate to the caption. Um, so I just use the app to kind of see how it's going to look as the next picture on my grid. Because I found that if I go in there, write all of the captions out, schedule it by each day for a month, it's just not realistic because things change and I might end up getting home late from work and not posting one night so I just yeah I'm not that rigid with it <laughs> yeah no it makes sense but I think um seeing your grid um laid out visually is is quite helpful yeah. actually uh-huh. and, and that's something that I need to <laughs> do a little bit more of I think because it, it can be um a little bit tricky sometimes to kind of see mm. it imagine how it's going to look without actually seeing it physically arranged yeah. in a certain way so yeah no it's it's definitely yeah helpful. I think there might be free versions as well I think there's something like later which might be free if you just want something to use to see what your grid layout's going to look like um then something like that might be free I probably need to downgrade that to something that's free because I've given up trying to schedule everything perfectly I just use it to look at the layout really mm, yeah um, yeah but yeah, in terms of the only other tool that I use, which isn't kind of an app or anything, but something that's really just become part of my weekly routine is just to spend like 10, 15 minutes on a Sunday evening planning my week out. And um, so obviously I've got my 12 week plan on the wall, so I know what I need to be doing that week. And I just kind of transfer that into, I've got a Ponder Lily planner, which I really like. Um, it's undated, which I think is good for side hustlers because if you have a week where you're just is a complete write-off, you don't have to waste a week in your diary. But each day is split out by hour, so I like to block out time when I'm going to work on my side hustle that week. And I think doing that planning in one go on a Sunday evening um, really helps to save time later in the week. And also it's quite nice to kind of wake up on a Monday and think, okay, I know what I need to do this week. Um, so, yeah, Sunday evening planner planning sesh is... Um, 
yeah, one of my favourite things to do that kind of helps me manage my time more effectively in the week. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you say, it just it sets it out for the week ahead and you don't have to mm-hmm. then get to Monday and start wondering, oh, actually, what was I meant to be doing this week? Because you've already yeah. got it written down and you can just crack on with the work. Mm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about, you've mentioned your three-step planning method. So I wanted to ask you about that mm. and what does that exactly entail? Sure. So I will do the nutshell version. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's something that's just really helped me grow my side hustle. But it is very flexible in terms of how people can use it um so step one is kind of figuring out where your focus needs to be because I think the foundational work is really important kind of understanding what the lifestyle is that you want to achieve with your side hustle it's really kind of the big picture stage I guess um yeah what you want your side hustle to ultimately look like do you want it to support you full time do you just want it to support you for a couple of days a week do you want to just walk work mornings and whatever and so really understanding that and also looking at where your business is kind of feeling a bit unloved I think um is something that I do when I'm working through that kind of step one phase and then what kind of comes out of that is focusing on three kind of focus areas so picking out three different areas to focus on um and they can be as big or as small as they need to be so for my 12-week plan which basically goes up to Christmas one of my um three focuses is actually self-care um kind of hate that word but um just like we were talking about earlier actually prioritizing looking after myself and also preparing for this leap that I'm taking next year so you know they don't all have to be massive goals that you want to achieve um and then step two is making the plan so it's taking those focus areas and setting goals so And what I mean by that is just setting goals so that they're really measurable and so that you know when you've achieved them and, yeah, so that you're setting a goal that's really solid rather than just saying, yeah, I think I want to launch a new website, kind of turning that into, I'll launch a website by X date, it's going to have these pages and I'll have a blog on there or something. Yeah, so something that you can really follow through and know exactly what needs to happen so like you've mentioned obviously if you wanted to have a blog there you need to have some content on there Mm. so that that gets split into separate little goals Mm. I suppose exactly and then so you've got three goals for the 12 weeks and then I help people break them down because when you're side hustling especially this is the bit that really makes the difference so block kind of chunking those goals down into little appetizing bite-sized bits that you can do each day um so yeah really breaking those goals down and then scheduling them out over the following 12 weeks so that you know exactly what you need to be doing each week to kind of achieve that goal basically um so at that point you'll have like a wall planner 12-week plan and then the third step is just things like setting milestones putting the right support in place um setting up accountability so this bit really depends on how you're motivated and some people are really motivated by just setting themselves a reward or having something to look forward to um I'm more motivated by the stick than the carrot so I might do things like um telling my audience that something's going to be ready by a certain date or my new Mm -hmm. website is launching on this date and just putting those different 
you know, as I mentioned, it depends how you're motivated, but putting those things that are going to motivate you in place and breaking down the milestones, because I think it's really important to celebrate the little wins along the way to help you feel like you're achieving something through those little steps. Because when you are doing those little steps every day, it can feel a bit like you're not achieving a lot, but it really does add up over time. Um, So, yeah, and then I just help people kind of learn how to be flexible with their plan, how to help them stay on track with it, because I think that's the big issue that a lot of people have is that they can create themselves a plan, but it's actually staying on track and being efficient with their time and that kind of thing that that can be a stumbling block. So, so, yeah, staying accountable as well. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of it's in the, the kind of staying motivated and staying on track. So yeah, those are the three steps. So just figuring out where your focus needs to be, making the actual plan and then setting those milestones and accountability. That sounds really good, actually. And I think that's might be something that I'll use um, mm. for planning a few months ahead. Actually, I were, um, we're in a new month um, and as we're recording, obviously, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I haven't actually had time to set my goals for this month yet. So I think that's mm. definitely something that I need to look at and perhaps do it in three or 12 week Mm. um period so that I can look ahead as opposed to just look for um look at the month ahead which which perhaps isn't quite long enough so yeah yeah I think months can just fly by can't they 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 do they do absolutely (laughs) Mm. well that's the thing yeah um yeah okay so I wanted to ask you if you have any kind of tips for those who are wanting to make the leap into self-employment Mm. yeah so I'm very much learning myself at the moment and um yeah as I mentioned I haven't fully taken the leap yet but I'm making plans to do that but I, I guess I've made quite a lot of stepping stones along the way so quite a long time ago probably uh maybe even nearly two and a half years ago three years ago I negotiated being able to work from home um so even when I was working full-time those days that I worked from home saved me like three hours a day because I've got quite a long commute and that's so much time um so yeah working from home is a biggie if you can negotiate being able to work from home if you, even if it's just one day a week or one day a month it will just save you that commute time and also that kind of getting ready time that you don't have to yeah you don't yeah. need your face of makeup to work from home so yeah, absolutely <laughs> And then I went part-time at the beginning of this year and that's been a really valuable stepping stone to learn a bit more about how to manage my own time and to just get used to, um, you know, making my own plan for the day. Um, So, yeah, just see, and I know it's not always possible in every job, but see if you can work from home or see if you can reduce your your hours um, has been really helpful for me and really made me learn that so before I went down to part-time I was like I'm gonna have this whole day a week god what am I gonna do with all this time and then as soon as it happened that time just gets instantly eaten up so just things learning about things like that have really helped set me up um and then I know this is the boring bit but having an understanding of your numbers is really important Mm. um particularly if you're anxious like me when it comes to money so I have a really clear understanding now of what the absolute minimum is that I need to kind of pay my bills and get by with. Um, so I've set three income goals, one which is 
so this is for next year really but i've set three income goals one that's for the absolute bare minimum and next one that would be to kind of match my salary now um and a third one that's a real stretch income goal but i think just exactly yeah Mm. but just understanding what the minimum you need is will i think just really take away a lot of the anxiety and stress around it because you might actually be surprised um when you look at the numbers so yeah just sit down look at your bills look at what you spend on food each month look at your rent or your mortgage whatever add those all up and really understand what that minimum is I think is really important um and then just mentally preparing myself I think in the past it's been really easy for me to just keep taking on new contracts and not being brave enough to take the leap and just thinking oh I'll just do one more contract and then I'll and really get serious about doing it but I've realized that I've been making probably quite a lot of excuses in the past not to not to be brave and take that leap so I think mentally preparing for it telling people that I'm doing it um yeah just saying out loud when I'm taking it full time has helped to make it real for me Mm -hmm. um and helped me really get serious about preparing for it so so yeah I hope they're helpful tips. Um, as I say, I'm still very much learning, but those are the things that have really helped me. No, they're, they're great tips. And I think, um, as you mentioned, actually setting a date for a project or, you know, mm, or, or yeah. f- f- in your case, yeah. for when you actually take the leap, it's that's yeah. been massively helpful for me. And I think um, I was, one of the things I was putting off um was this podcast actually for a long time Mm. but I think there was quite a bit of fear associated with it and a lot of self-doubt and I kept pushing it back and back and actually at one point I just said I need to set myself a date I need to put it out there Mm -hmm. on Instagram so that people can be like oh yeah this is happening on that day and I can't then go back on it and I've got to make it happen and that yeah. is, that's something that really pushed me. And um, yeah, well, here we are in season two. So <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm loving your podcast. And you're so right about setting a date. It's something I did to. Um, what did I do? Yeah, I mentioned in one of my podcast episodes that my newsletter was out, and in that newsletter was a new um, like freebie. I hadn't actually made the freebie by that point, but that just <laughs> made me do it because I was just putting it off, putting it off. Um, yeah, setting a deadline is really a good way of just forcing yourself to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, there's a couple of things that I'm working on at the moment that mm. I've been pushing back for a long time again. And so, yeah, I, I, I've, um, yeah, setting that de- deadline essentially mm. is massively helpful. Definitely. So to wrap up the... Um, chat I wanted to ask you um what is your favorite book that you've perhaps recently read and would like to recommend yeah so um yeah I love reading business books I I'm not so into like novels I just I guess I'm quite dyslexic so I don't find reading like an easy Mm. relaxing thing to do like a lot of people do but I love reading books that you can actually kind of learn something from and probably goes back to my kind of obsession (laughs) with my side hustle but um yeah so I'd say my favorite book and the book that had the biggest impact on me and really got me into gear with making my side hustle well leveling it up was a book called free be a free range human and it's by marianne cantwell um 
Yeah, it's a really good book. It really motivated me and got me excited about the possibilities of um, doing my own thing full time and, you know, just looking at the realities of how secure, in inverted commas, a safe job is and, you know, looking at examples of other people who are doing these wild and wonderful things and making a living from it. So that is a really good book. I I do dip into it um even now so I wouldn't say it's one that I've read recently but it's it's one of my favorites and I think it's a good good recommendation for anyone else that's side hustling yeah no that sounds pretty perfect actually so thank Mm -hmm. you for that and Mm -hmm. who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast yeah lots of people I mean I'd I'd really love to hear from a bit of a mix of makers and service-based businesses because I think often those kind of businesses are quite different but I think we can learn a lot from each other in terms of how to you know we might both have different tricks and ways of doing things and I think yeah there's lots we can learn from each other so there are some makers that I really love to follow on Instagram at the moment so Cara Lee Ford who's a ceramicist um I'm actually drinking my tea out of one of her mugs right now she does (laughs) these beautiful ceramics and yeah her story is really inspiring I think um and Sammy Bennett from Rag Trade Clothing. She makes beautiful handmade linen clothing in Brighton. And yeah, I'd love to hear more of her story. Mm-hmm, perfect. That sounds great. Thank you so much for your recommendations. And thank no you worries. so much for your time. So lastly, as we come to kind of the end, um, where can people find you? Sure. Um, I've got to try and remember <laughs> everyone else. So um, my website is josephinebrooks.co.uk and you can find me on Instagram, which is where I do tend to hang out most. Um, I'm Josephine P. Brooks and I also have a podcast called On The Make. So if you just search your podcast app for that, you'll find it or you can find it via my website. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.